Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Talksport Daily. Hello, happy Thursday, gang, and welcome to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily Podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. And we start with the evening's Premier League action after Leicester beat Fulham, Everton won at Leeds, West Ham beat Aston Villa, Man City went back to the top of the league, and Liverpool somehow lost against Brighton. After Burnley ended Liverpool's 68-game unbeaten run at Anfield, Brighton's victory was the first time Liverpool had lost successive league games at home since September 2012. That was pathetic from Liverpool tonight. Let's let's call it as it is. That was pathetic. That's the defending champions you just watched there. A whimper. Disgraceful. Shocking. It was a uh, tough one to take. So, explanation. They sound very often like excuses, but it's uh, was for us now... A really tough week, two away games, two very intense games, and tonight it, it looked really like we were not fresh enough mentally and physically, and yeah, again, that's the, the outcome you saw. History might be repeating itself, because you look back at what Klopp done at Dortmund when he finished second, how their season imploded. He demands so much, and he demands, and his demands have been brilliant. But are we looking at a Liverpool side now that have just run out of gas? Clock, I don't like slating him, obviously, like what he's done for the club, but the only thing I get for up with, like, can you not change the formation or the tactic? When he's playing against a team with a low block, it's just the same thing. So yeah, It's just sideways and sideways. Or... I'm sorry, but Thiago has slowed the game down so badly. It's not buying Munich, mate. Sing this football. If that was my Chelsea again, I've seen Chelsea defend a Premier League title like that when we finished mid-table. That's just as bad as what Liverpool are doing now. No chance of them winning the title now. Seagulls were really well organised defensively, smart on the counter-attack as well. Amazing, amazing performance. When you come here, you have to be close to perfect, and, and, I, and I thought we, we were tonight. Spirit of the team, courage of the team, the players were, were amazing. I, I, I can't say anything else. I thought it was a good football game. We, we, we didn't just sit in, we, we tried to take part in it, and against a team with such quality, it's not easy. We're at stretches sometimes, but... Um, I thought we coped with it well, restricted them to not too many chances. So, yeah, overall, it's a fantastic evening for us. Burnley nil, Manchester City 2. The statistics continue to make impressive reading for City. Now three points clear again at the top of the Premier League. You know, when you want to fight for all the titles, we are in one final already and the others being there. When these nine games in a row winning in the Premier League, is we need everyone, so except few players that maybe don't play much, the other one play a lot. I mean, so in this country, in this year... 
So we cannot survive with just 11, 12 players. People sometimes forgetting the reality of football. When you spend seven or eight hundred million pounds, you're probably going to get some very good players, and they often do. They've got a great manager, they've got a great side, they've won championships, they've won time, they've got players who have played all over Europe. So we're always working on the possibilities. We're always working on the mentality of a side to win a game. Went against us tonight, but a lot of the performances were, were pretty good by our standards against the top side. Fulham nil, Leicester two. That's about as close as Fulham got to Leicester tonight on the banks of the Thames. This was all over inside the first half. I'm not overly disappointed in the performance. I'm disappointed for, in certain elements. Am I surprised in, in, in the certain elements what we've fallen short on? No. We're a team that have come out of the Championship playing against a team that are third in the, in the Premier League with an array of talent what they've got. And in games like this, you, you, you're going to fall a little bit short when you're us. It's all down to James Madison. Madison at the heart of it again. He's a brilliant player. He knows we've, we've always talked about his numbers and getting his numbers up, him and front players. And that's the job. But I think what he also has added to his game he's, he's working very hard for the team tactically he's understanding where to, to be towards the end last 15 minutes which is hard to get him to close the game but he's now he's, he's a special player like you said he he's efficient and that's what you want from your attacking players I think that's now 13 goal and involvements in the last 11 that's what it's about when you get to the top level do you influence the game these are the sort of things when you get to the elite level if you're not producing that you know you're not going to be a top top player well it might be game over now it is Aston Villa 1 West Ham 3 and Jesse Lingard on debut has now scored two of the goals my biggest concern was not really his his all round fitness it was his match fitness and his match sharpness so that was what I wasn't quite sure about but I knew that he'd have been working hard at Manchester United he'd been training hard he didn't have to show that he's in good form come on you irons (laughs) what did you make of the performance what did you make of Jesse tonight what a Lingard Danio what a player (laughs) we've got honestly honestly I I don't know what it would cost us in the summer but sign him up Lingard hits it right footed again the keeper probably should have done better and kept it out I'm certainly not going to moan about my goal keeper making mistakes when he's kept 10 clean sheets this season and has been one of our players of the season so far he certainly uh, earned the right to make a mistake if that if it was a big mistake finishes Leeds United 1 Everton 2 Everton with a fourth successive away win in the Premier League the last time they did that back in 1985 in the top flight three important points three important an important performance after uh, the defeat uh, against Newcastle. The reaction was really good, really pleased for the reaction. Three important points, we go up in the table. Leeds are appalling from set plays. They're abysmal. It's something that Bielsa and the team have to get a grip of because at the moment that is that is holding them back at times, especially against teams like Everton, uh, like West Ham, the, the teams that are very, very good from set plays. It's all a bit easy for them. Now after Manchester United tonk, thrashed, hammered, destroyed Southampton 9-0, Dwight York told the breakfast show that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's side are now genuine title contenders. But the former Crystal Palace Mona owner, Simon Jordan, still said that the babyface assassin will win nothing. He's got to say that, hasn't he? Otherwise he'll look stupid. Well, let's hear first from the former treble winner, Yorkie. A lot of people didn't give United any chance at the beginning. They played the way in. They've gone through a very difficult time. And you've seen they elevate themselves in terms of consistency, um, winning against the lesser teams, which is something they seem to have a problem with. They always seem to do well against the big teams. And this time round, they seem to have got the balance right. Manchester United 9, 
nine months saying snail. They should embrace the fact that they're right in the ticket things. And of course, I mean, United, when you play for United, that's always the mentality, although it's not been like that for a few years now. But if I were in that squad or manager of that team, that's the kind of thought process I would be telling the players at this point in time. We have to try to find uh, our uh, form, the combination, relationships, the mojo, the spark. You can't argue with the fact that Man United have beaten another Premier League side 9-0, but it doesn't alter the central theme. Manchester United, in my mind, and I don't care about all these trolls on Twitter that seem to pop up. I didn't hear a word from them about what an imbecile I was last week when Sheffield United beat Manchester United. Here they are now again saying, here you go, Jordan, what have you got to say about that? What I've got to say about it is, you're second in the league and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is not going to win anything this year. Now on Drive, Adrian Durham asks, is Ralph Hasenhundl all that after getting beaten 9-0? We'll get the take of Gabby Agbonlahor on that performance, but first, this is Happy Aid on the Saints and that hammering for Hasenhundl's men. If Sam Allardyce or Steve Bruce had lost 9-0 in successive seasons, what would everybody be saying? They'd be talking about them being dinosaurs, how they should be sacked, how they shouldn't get top-flight jobs, they shouldn't get any jobs anymore. They keep getting on the roundabout of jobs and merry-go-round and getting jobs, and they shouldn't be getting them. But Ralph Hasenhutl loses 9-0 two seasons running, and he's the hipster's favourite. And it's not really his fault, it's the recruitment's fault, or it's VAR's fault, or oh, it's a COVID season, so it's that fault. You can't scrutinise Ralph Hasenhutl. What, because he looks like Klopp? No, I'm sorry, you can scrutinise Ralph Hasenhutl. Well, Hasenhutl probably doesn't know what's hit him tonight. A very, very strange game. As a team, when you go down to ten men, you get everyone behind the ball, you play like a false number nine, and you make it difficult. How many teams have said in games they found it difficult, more difficult against ten men than eleven? So, for me, there's there's no excuse for them Southampton players. They capitulated, really, didn't they? And um, after losing 9-0 to Leicester, you'd think they would have learnt their lesson and... They've got to ask serious questions about themselves in that changing room. Now, across the South Coast Championship side, Bournemouth have sacked manager Jason Tindall after just six months in charge. The club are now looking for a new boss, and former Cherries number one Harry Redknapp has set the ball rolling on John Terry, friend of the podcast, becoming the new manager. I wouldn't think of a better club to take over than Bournemouth. It really is a good club, well-run club, good players. It's all there, really, for somebody to come in and make a big success of it. His professionalism and his everything about him, I, I just think, given the opportunity, he would be a really top-class manager. If I was a, a chairman looking for a manager now, John Terry would be right there at the top of my list. Put aside what he did as a player, put aside his experiences at... Aston Villa, which is a different dynamic to Bournemouth, different setup, different framework, different expectations, different responsibilities, and how he'll interview as a manager and what he'll bring to bear, I think it's a risk. They've lost their last four games in the Championship and are eight points off the automatic promotion places. Tyndall had replaced Eddie Howe in the summer after their relegation. Experience gets you out of relegation battles and gets you promoted. Not iconic individual players that once upon a time great. It is a risk, but it may well be that John has learnt so much that he'll be compelling in an interview and worthy of that chance. Now the Tottenham boss, Jose Mourinho, has been speaking to the media ahead of their game against Chelsea tonight. We'll hear from the Chelsea gaffer, Thomas Tuchel, shortly. But first up, this is the special once one on Gareth Bale and whether or not he can guarantee him a run of first-team matches. No, of course he can't. I cannot do it. High-level football is very difficult to uh, to do it, especially in a competition like the Premier League, where 
the level is so, so high. But this has been a bad night for Mourinho. It's been a bad night for Gareth Bale. Hold off after now. In my opinion, was the team that didn't have a good performance was not Garrett individually, it was the team. Spurs have a way back into this game. Deli Alley celebrates in front of those Spurs supporters. I had a good uh, conversation with him yesterday. Uh, we need him. We need a good uh, Deli Alley. And um, we are just waiting for him to be to be back to normality, to be back training with, uh, with the team. Of course, a conversation doesn't make miracles. A conversation doesn't put a, a player in great form. But I believe that the conversation was... Maybe the extra motivation that he needed to be back as soon as, as possible and to become available for the team. Teaser pass, Pinacueta, who fires it in! And Chelsea have their first goal under Thomas Tuchel! I strongly believe that uh, it's Tottenham against Chelsea and not me against Jose. Uh, was he a role model? Honestly, when I started my career, he was uh, so far away, like, like the moon from the earth. Uh, could not be a role model at all. You don't have to leave any doubts. He's one of the best managers in the world. William Gallas wins it for Chelsea. Mourinho's on the pitch to join in the hugs. And Spurs are out on their feet. He is now, he created a, a squad in Tottenham that is like always very, very competitive. Is it a clash of cultures? I don't know. I think that Jose is a winner and I want to implement the same in, in, in my teams. We are on the highest level to win games and we will try everything to beat them in their stadium. Hello, I'm Laurie Woods and this is TalkSport Daily. Now, England start their test series against India tomorrow and TalkSport 2 is the only place you can hear all the action from 3.30am. Yeah, am. It's England captain Joe Root's 100th test match, would you believe? And TalkSport's very own Darren Goff recalled the time he used to play with the icon Sachin Tendulkar at Yorkshire and just how fanatical the Indian supporters are when it comes to a bit of leather on Willow. That's a DVD I used to have. Sachin Tendulkar was 18 and he came and played for Yorkshire. Um, and when he came over, um, he very rarely came came out of his room. He was still, still a young kid. Um, he'd just started driving. He got this car. He was over the moon with this car. He got under Civic. He got hit. And I've never seen it. He was like, I mean, considering now, he's probably got about eight Ferraris. Um, <laughs> back then, he got this Honda Civic and he was like a kid in a sweet shop. He absolutely uh, loved it. And we went for this one Indian uh, restaurant. Um, and remember this, he's 18, he made his test debut at 16. And there it is, Test Match 100 for Tendulkar, one of the youngest ever to hit a Test Match 100. He's on his way to being popular, not superstardom. And we walked into this Indian restaurant uh, in Middlesbrough, I have never seen anything like it. They came running out of the restaurant, uh, the kitchen, uh, they were bowing at his feet... <laughs> Um, we go in there, we, we just couldn't believe what we were seeing, an 18-year-old kid, and the, like a god. And we sit down, and um, we're there, we say, come here the menus, and Sachin goes, no menus. No menus, boys. I'll show you how it's done in India. Cool. And he just said, just bring. And it was like, it was like so it was a movie you watch on TV, where they just kept bringing out these dishes. <laughs> But everybody else in the restaurant must not have got served because all they were bothered about is serving uh, Tendulkar and having a picture with him and, and doing his autograph. And being around that and seeing him throughout the whole year, how many people pestered him, the Indian support he has, was fascinating. And then when you go tour there, you get it. Not to the same extreme, but they just want to be near you. They, they want to shake your hand. They want to just tap you on the shoulder.
But that's it. Thanks for listening on Acast, Spotify, Apple Pods, or whatever you listen to. Even if it was illegal, I don't really care. I'm off to Snookerland for a snooker shootout for a couple of days, but the sports bar will be open for business from 10pm tonight on TalkSport with Jordan Jarrett-Bryant and Jerry Perry Groves taking all your calls after Spurs take on Chelsea. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily Podcasts out first thing in the morning. I don't know who's doing that. It's definitely not me. Why don't you download it and find out? Anyway, until then, thanks for listening. Have a great day. And above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport.